Hello, I am Yogini Sunita and this is Meditation, Yoga and Stuff podcast. I believe my dharma or my life's purpose is to share my understanding of meditation, yoga and Ayurveda, holistic healing science of India. I make these amazing wisdoms accessible and adaptable for present times. So let's start. Welcome everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today is, I'm very excited about today's guest. Her uh, name is Rachel Knox. Rachel is an amazing yoga teacher and she is also a yoga therapist, Ayurvedic lifestyle consultant, professional counselor and founder and owner of principal and principal yoga teacher at Ray of Light. I love that name, Rachel. Ray of Light is just you, you know, it's so true. So welcome, mm. welcome, Rachel. Thank uh, you. And, uh, today we're discussing about Rachel's journey to yoga. Like, and I would love to know your uh, basically journey to yoga and Ayurveda and why you feel connected to it. So please share with us, uh, Rachel. Mm. Thank you. Thanks. It's beautiful to sit with you today and, you know, be with another inspirational, beautiful woman who's sharing her dharma. Um, it's, it's just a pleasure to, to always to chat to somebody who I know is so passionate. And um, Thank you. So thank you for the invitation. Yeah, I could tell you a little bit about the name Ray of Light because my, um, my family call me Ray because I think when my sister was, I've got a younger sister, and um, when she was little, she couldn't say Rachel. So, yeah, Ray, Ray, Ray is my kind of um, nickname. And so Ray of Light, you know, I guess uh, it's gentle kind of English translation of Shushumna Nadi. So this idea that the Ray of Light, yeah, that we all carry within us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah that's that's how that name came about how did I come across yoga um well there's a few different times that it came in I guess my parents did the hippie trail back in the 70s where they hitchhiked from England it was their honeymoon <laughs> they got married and they hitchhiked through Afghanistan and India all the way to Australia actually because my my mum's sister and brother uh, were 10 pound poms so mm. they hitchhiked to India so I grew up looking at all of these beautiful images of India um, they've got these amazing black and white photos of mm. the Taj Mahal and, and so there was kind of a bit of you know that India flavour came in that way and my mum definitely practised asana and she, we used to have this beautiful picture up uh, still up in her kitchen of her wearing these very gorgeous navy blue nylon shorts from the 70s, you know, in a headstand. Right. Um, and she used to always share stories about how, you know, she was very much in her body and and very flexible. And so she was a natural kind of practitioner of asana. Um, the very first kind of official class that I went to was with my best friend's mum. And it was an Iyengar class. Uh, and I was also a gymnast growing up. So even though I'm like five foot 10, <laughs> I loved gymnastics. I loved kind of playing with my body and feeling strong and, mm. um, you know, so I guess, you know, without calling it yoga, it's been, it's been part kind of there. 
And then I was working in London in the 90s in a fa- at a fashion company and a, and a friend took me to a class. And that's probably when I first really kind of had a more formal introduction to yoga. Um, and she took me to see some spiritual teachers as well. Um, and we used to walk the streets of London, um, you know, just talking, talking. And she, I guess, opened my mind to kind of some different ideas around you know, how to view life in the world. Dear friend, Larry Hutton, who is still teaching yoga. She teaches yoga as well in uh, Liverpool in the UK. So that was in kind of, you know, the late 90s um, that I was going to yoga regularly, just as a class, you know, as a class. Mm. Um, and I really just felt drawn to the, to the, the teacher's energy, you know, that she just had this really grounded, I can't even remember, remember that teacher's name, but she had this really beautiful grounded energy. And, you know, I'd been looking to find that energy inside myself, you know, for my whole life using different things. You know, I grew up in the, in the rave generation in, in England. So I did a lot of partying and was looking for that feeling of inner connection hmm. um, through, you know, through the, the ways that you do as a young person, you know, on the dance floor, I felt you know, this huge connection, everybody dancing to the same rhythm. So then when I went to the yoga class, I felt like it was this, you know, it was a, a way without, you know, without having to go clubbing or hmm. or, or, or take MDMA <laughs> to find, you know, this place within myself yeah. um, that I've been searching for. Yeah. So that's kind of how it all started. And then it's, you know, how these things just kind of keep coming back at different times. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah I, I totally agree with you. I mean, a lot of time people go on the path of, um, you know, almost uh, these addictions in search of something and, and mm. all looking for is basically that connection, that connection. Without them. And sometimes I also notice that when people get this connection, they uh, get a little bit afraid of that. And so they try to numb that, you know, and in yoga wisdom, it is very well explained that you know, how our mind plays all these tricks. Mm. So we, we all like, you know, kind of like have this kind of fascination towards connecting with ourselves. But sometimes when the true nature is, is, is there, then kind of like people try to take a step back. So awakening and not awakening state, you know, and try to pretend mm. all that happens. So thank you for sharing that. And so now, uh, how the the yoga school array of life came into life? Like, what what was the inspiration behind that? Mm, well, you know, after having be- you know grown up in the UK, and then I backpacked to Australia in in the late nineties and fell in love with Australian, and you know, kept my yoga journey going. After some time, I I needed to go home. Like I a relationship broke down and I needed to go back to back to the UK um, to kind of do a bit of healing and then I decided to go to India uh, as well and so I went to I spent uh, three and a half months in the south of India with a childhood friend Becky and we went to the we spent time at the Shivananda ashram in um, down in Nayadam Mm. and um, you know that was my first kind of taste of you know, daily practice and eating and, you know, lectures and, and kind of expanding beyond, beyond the physical. 
Mm. Um, and then when I came back to Australia um, and settled down with my now husband, Mick, um, I, that's when I did my teacher training uh, in Newtown. And mm. after about a year in Newtown, we, you know, we wanted to look around uh, to move. We wanted to, to buy a house. And so we, Mick had some friends living in Bulleye and we we saw this house. It was the first house that we saw. And uh, Mick had always had this vision of there being ferns and a boardwalk. Mm. And I s- noticed that there was a downstairs area that was totally a, a huge room. Mm. And so I had my eyes on that to be a space for yoga. Yeah. And um and so that's really just how it came along. Uh, you know, it just was a natural kind of evolution. Yeah. So lucky with his support, you know, the room is now has a beautiful energy and there's, you know, the gardens and um and we invite people into our home for our trainings and and he does the cooking. Um so I love that, yeah, it's it's part of our life. It's part of a, a breathing part of what we do day mm. in, day out. Um, yeah. yeah. I've been there and I remember you inviting me to teach Sanskrit for mm. your teacher right. things, uh, mm. a few times. And it's such a beautiful space, like the view from that room. And I think the energy is just, just beautiful, very grounded, yet very uplifting, like very, uh, and the, the connection with the nature from there. Mm amazing and the food oh my god <laughs> so it was really good experience as a teacher as well like you know and uh, and the the tribe you attract is just beautiful you know it, it's your reflection that's what I truly believe that the tribe we attract is basically what we invite in our energy field and you have such a beautiful community there it's a it's such mm-hmm. a beautiful area as well like Bulai is very beautiful area and I know that people uh, come from Sydney to learn from you so that's that's really amazing you know that you have this amazing following you also teach Ayurveda side of it Um, uh, would you like to share something like about Mm. uh, your your love of Ayurveda (laughs) yeah well it kind of happened I, I hadn't heard of Ayurveda until I went and had an ashram experience And, you know, eating two meals a day, eating with the hands, eating very sattvic food, very simple food, um, that I could really feel the effect that that had um, both on my practice, on my mind, um, on, you know, on my body kind of changed. Um, So from there, you know, I guess I just, it made sense that they go together. Um, For me, For me, yoga and Ayurveda really speak to, I guess, manifesting our full potential. And and I love that there's a whole science that really, that that's what it's teaching, you know, teaching us. Um, So, yeah, they're kind of beautifully intertwined. um, And and I teach them together with the Sanskrit as well. So that's been something that I've been also bringing in. So... um, you know, that Patanjali actually wrote and documented teachings on yoga, Ayurveda and Sanskrit. And so for me, they've become this kind of, this trio, inseparable trio, um, yeah. you know, yoga to purify the mind, Ayurveda for the body and Sanskrit for our communication. And yeah. so it's really, yeah, to me makes sense that all three of these sciences 
um, go together in a beautiful combination. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how these wisdoms are so applicable and accessible even mm. in modern life. You know, it's just common sense. I truly believe that we can take and adapt it to our modern life. And uh, mm. as a human being, sometimes we think that we have changed a lot. We are modern human beings. But our, if we look at uh, Patanjali's uh, how what, what are the obstacles for meditations and we're still at, at the same level you know mm-hmm. so we, our mind is still creating these kind of like obstacles and this is a lot coming from mind and obviously our body is a slow a mind and so you, what we put in our body it it, it makes sense like you know what yeah. talks about food the lifestyle the whole you know it, it just makes sense and obviously sanskrit is just it's it's just divine language you know it's a language yeah. of the uh, divine basically the sounds are so powerful that they change vibration in our system so literally we cannot separate all this and just like you I also I truly believe that they should go hand in hand mm. and so tell me a little bit about your teacher training or your programs like I would like to know our listeners may may be interested in something like that so would you like to share some of your programs or what you offer things i know you do some retreats as well i don't know with the pandemic situation but i'm sure yeah <laughs> yeah i used well yeah in previous years i've taken groups to india for the last kind of 8 years yeah because i love i take people used to track that original trip that i did back in 2006 You do it uh, South India or Yeah, so m- mostly the south I only went to North India 2 years ago. Right. But so actually only saw the Taj Mahal even though I grew up with these pictures of the Taj Mahal a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so that was amazing. So for some reason the south is just always cool yeah. to me and that's where my where my teacher um is based in Chennai. Yeah. So my trainings kind of Yeah, it's like you come for a weekend and you come and immerse in in practice, in eating, in nature, in study. Um so each of the my foundational level training which is open to anybody even if you've done a training. Um often the parts that I share aren't the popular parts that maybe have been received other trainings. So if you come for a weekend a month for a whole year Hmm. and you know so it's like a, a yoga retreat every month <laughs> so it's really beautiful and you know because we have that time together everybody gets to know each other very well it's a very intimate experience yeah so really nice yeah i do the tours to north of india like i did just couple so far and that to basically some of my friends wanted to come with me so when i said i'm going to go to india they're like oh we want to come exactly so the, yeah the first tour was mainly uh, from the like you know traveling india and so uh, from i am from maharashtra and so from there upwards we went i have not done south yet but i've been to south many times and south is beautiful as well Last mm. time I did in uh, Rishikesh, so I did my meditation teacher training in Rishikesh, which was 
I thought that, you know, like my first teacher training should be, you know, the, the yeah, how beautiful. So that's where I did, but I love, love going to India with people and, and, you know, really sharing the, uh, the, the true wisdom of yoga, you know, and connecting with that. So we did dunk in Ganga and it was beautiful. So that mm. experience, and I think what India teaches, I don't know, like, let me uh, share with me your experience as well. What India teaches is really uh, profound. Like, you know, yes, it is in your face and it's really, you know, uh, but that experience, there is no other country in the world which gives that experience. <laughs> do, you, do you believe that? Do you think so? Absolutely. I think the moment you land, you know, you're in the hands of the mother yeah. and she's such a beautiful teacher. Yeah. And she's so humbling. And, you know, it deconstructs a lot of our, our way that we are yeah. so time bound here and yeah. so regimented. When you step into India, you just have to, you're in her hands and she, she will tell you how long it's going to take to get from there to exactly. there. Not, not, not the um, program timetable. <laughs> so a lot of surrender. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's the only thing you can do in India. When the, yeah. the mother gives us le- lessons in uh, sometimes she's a strict mother. Sometimes she's kind. Sometimes she's like holding you dearly at heart and just allow you to let go. So every time when I go back to India, I feel the same. Like, you know, I feel like... Uh, been hold by many hands and really mm. that hug uh, and and also so much uh, so much I learn about myself through that so how was your experience about that have you uncovered any pearls of wisdom <laughs> through that uh, journey oh I'm sure many just yeah I think it's that ability to let go um, and for me it's it's the ability to hold space when people aren't necessarily having a good time. Hmm. So because, as we know, our reactions to things are all different. And as, as the space holder during a retreat, it's, it's really stretched my capacity to be okay when people aren't okay. You know, in, in terms of maybe they're having a hard time or maybe they're, they're, they're struggling with the with the letting go there's a wanting to kind of grasp Um, and so you really have to let go of other people's expectations yeah um so that for me as a as um as a as a guide has been a great great lesson that I'm not responsible for anybody's experience Mm. that I can just do my best and then I can you know let go yeah yeah so I think that was a big growing up it's like because we always want to please we want people to have a good time um but sometimes it's not having a good time that is the great transformer so yeah but that that can be a very uncomfortable space when you are leading something right (laughs) holding space is the biggest Mm. i think Mm. thing i think we have to do uh, when we take the (laughs) groups to different places like this. Yeah. I've taken uh, like this group uh, to India last time. And that was a lot of unfolding for a lot of people because Mm. it's such a massive journey. But at the same time, a lot of uh, people came so close to each other. And it's almost like Mm. that connection is so strong, you know, so now that they have carried that 
here as well. Mm. So that's the yeah. Book. Lifelong friends are created yeah. on journeys like that, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a transforming life, transforming journey. Totally. Yeah. Each time I go, I yes shed another layer. <laughs> yes. And I, I think the teacher training also does that. You know, the teacher training, we yoga teacher training is also, I think, massively life changing experience. Um, and the friends we make in in those kind of like situations it's really goes deep and i know that your community in bulai and not just bulai but people who follow you feel the same like you have like this created this beautiful community feeling and so uh would you like to talk a little bit about your community and you know, like how you created this because i i wanted to talk about on this because a lot of yoga teachers struggle with the with the business side, like they think that, you know, they had to put on yoga teachers hat when they're teaching and they had to put on the business side. Mm. And you've been doing this successfully, I, I would say for many years. So would you like to share some tips on those? Like how, how to feel comfortable while almost like marketing, you know, kind of. And so yeah. manage that balance. Uh, would you like to share that? Well, I've gone through different phases and I've certainly had a business coach at various times. Yeah. But I've, I guess, come to let that go. (laughs) And for me, I have, for certainly for the first few years of teaching, I I also work as a family, couple and family therapist. Mm. So I've always had another job in the sideline. Yeah. Um, And so for me, that's been really important. And I have a very supportive husband. And um, so that, that yoga hasn't had to be my primary income, yeah. but I've been able to really just do what feels is coming through versus with an outcome um, yeah. in goal to meet. Yeah. Um, of course, I've wrestled with that over year, over the years. Yeah. Um, last couple of years, I, after a five year break, I went back to work two days a week um, as a family therapist again. Mm. Um, so so for me, I feel like it's, it's always what's coming through, what wants to be expressed mm. um, versus feeling like I have to create something. Right. Um, yeah, so I've played with different things and I guess this ray of light has gone through a few different incarnations over the years. Yes. You know, even the colours on the walls have changed. You know, I used to have a, an amazing pink fireplace and <laughs> and now it's kind of white and, you know, red rugs a little bit more serious and mature. Um, <laughs> but but um, it's like just feeling into it um, and, uh, and going with what really is being called. So I'm not really offering classes these days. I used to offer classes in, in terms uh, I've never had a studio model because because it's my home as well. Um, so it's been working on, you know, eight-week, ten-week terms when I was teaching yoga classes, um, workshops. And because of my counselling background, I do a lot of one-to-one work mm. um, in that way. So I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> it did, it did. I mean, uh, I truly believe that being authentic doesn't matter if it is social media or, yeah, you know, and just speaking from heart. And I think that's what you're doing, you know, so. I think what- authenticity, yeah, authenticity is important. Yeah. And to deconstruct this pedestal, um, 
you know, we're all a work in progress. Yes. We're all just human beings. Um, I just say to people that want to learn to teach yoga, all you're doing is teaching people to link their body, their breath, and their mind. Yes. That's it. Yeah. I'm not giving them anything. Mm. I'm not doing any of this. This is, you, you practice the practice and something will happen. Mm. It's not coming from me exactly. or I'm not giving you anything that you don't already have. Yeah. So um, I feel like if we can just let ourselves off this hook that somehow we need to be something else in order to teach yoga or just be you and do your practice and, and do what has worked as uh, Krishnamachari would say, give from your heart but, and give what you have inside of you, but not how it applies to you, how it applies to the other. Yeah. So it's if you've chewed things through and you've really integrated them, you know, that's when we can teach from the heart and from that authentic space. I, and I you just let totally, it go. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, I mean, that's <laughs> my uh, thing also. Like, you know, we can only teach what we know. Yeah. So be authentic, to teach from heart, you know, and listen. Listening is also very important. Like, what's listen with uh, just... Uh, noticing what's happening in people like if they are huffing and puffing if you're doing strong practices pull back like it's as simple as that like you're there mm-hmm. for them and not other way around so just make them the hero of the practice and and mm-hmm. fine and i truly truly believe that that's the that's how i think yogis taught as well like they tuned into their yeah. disciples energy and 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 then gave the practices uh, and so it's really amazing how yoga works in the modern scenario on that line also, like, you know, just be present and, and offer from heart. Like that's as simple as that. Yeah. Very well said. <laughs> and like you said, look, see who's in front of you yeah. and tune into that. Let go of the script yes. and the class plan <laughs> and, and, and attune to, to, you know, to who's there. Yeah. I, I never made a class plan. I'm like, I must be the bad yoga teacher. I don't know. <laughs> Me <laughs> neither. <laughs> of course, in the beginning, I carried my journal around with all my, you know, <laughs> clinging to it. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that's, yeah, I think I, I, I think that's, that's the way to go. Like, you know, trust that you have this wisdom. Let it flow, like remove our ego from that and then mm-hmm. see the magic happen. So thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate you joining us today. And I'm sure the listeners have got a lot of wisdom from you. Thank you so much for joining. And I will put your website information on the show notes so that they know where to find you. Thank you again. I, I, I'm just thank you. so many times. <laughs> I'm like so happy that you yeah. Well, thanks for reaching and out. Thank yeah, you. lovely to, to be with you. Same here. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate that, that you're taking this time out of your day. Don't forget to subscribe. Take care. Bye for now. Bye.